If you have your Bibles this morning, if you'll turn to the book of Colossians in the third chapter, I want to read a few verses here. I'm also going to read a few out of um, Ephesians, but if you'll just turn to Colossians. And I want to read a couple of verses here starting in verse 12. It says, Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And now I'll read in something that's very similar in Ephesians, the fourth chapter. In verse 2 and 3, it says, With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Those two verses, both those two, they're very similar in what they're saying, the message that they're giving us. Like uh, I like in the, uh, the way it's written in Colossians. It says, put on, therefore, as the elect of God. And when I think of that, I think of you know, putting on some sort of garment. <clears throat> this morning when I got up and put, uh, got ready to come to church and I put this uh, coat on, uh, that's something that you can see. I put it on, you can see it, it's in front of you. And in the same way where it tells us to put on some of these things, uh, it are, it, these are things that people ought to be able to see, not as a garment that we're wearing, but in our behavior, in the way that we talk, in the way that we interact, they ought to be able to see kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness and long-suffering, forbearance and things like that. <clears throat> and as I read these verses... One of the things that popped out at me is uh, a word here that we don't necessarily use a lot in our own, uh, you know, modern day language. In both of these places in Ephesians and Colossians, they use the word uh, forbear or forbearance. Now, if somebody came up to you and said, hey, you really need to work on exercising some forbearance, uh, you would probably be like, I don't even know what that is. You know, I, I can't practice it and get better at it if I don't really know what it is. But I want to look at this morning at how um, important forbearance is and how vital forbearance is to peace. And we'll develop that here in just a minute. But the word forbearance, the definition of it, it it means to hold back uh, or you could say uh, to put up with, to hold back or to put up with. And maybe it would help you. If you thought about what the opposite of forbearance was, and this is my own definition, and I don't even know if it makes that much sense to you, but the opposite of forbearance would be to be expressively intolerant. Does that make sense? Um, Have you ever heard somebody that says, I tell you what, I'm somebody that just really speaks my mind. The Bible says, a fool uttereth all his mind. When you see, look, People that go around and say, oh, I really speak my mind like it is some sort of badge of honor. They need to be holding up a sign that says, I'm a fool. I'm a biblical fool. Because they're expressively intolerant, meaning that they have very little tolerance and they don't mind telling you. I don't like the way you do this. I don't like the way you do that. I'm mad about that. And they're going to let you know it. Well, forbearance is a biblical word that we're instructed to put on forbearance. It should be something that is seen. 
It should, forbearance means that there are times that we just have to hold back what we're feeling and what we're thinking, whether it's with our words or whether it's with our body language. Now, how important is forbearance when it comes to peace? Uh, one, one reason that peace is so important to talk about, number one, the Bible is full of instructions for the child of God to seek peace. Seek peace and pursue it. The Bible tells us that in multiple different places. Peace, when you think about peace, peace is the absence of strife. Uh, peace is the boat that's sailing on calm seas compared to a boat that's about to sink due to the waves. Peace is tranquility. Peace is harmony. And it's important in all aspects of our lives, but it is very important in the church. You know, I grew up and I had some friends whose home life was very turbulent. Mother and father uh, fighting a lot. Uh, there was always tremendous amounts of discord. And you know where they wanted to be? Anywhere but home. Um, I've had friends that they wanted to stay at my house because I never dreaded going home. I enjoyed being in my home because my mother and father loved each other. There weren't cross words between them. Uh, there was peace in my home. I had peace with them. I had peace with my brother. My brother had peace with my parents. It was just a place of peace, and I enjoyed being there. But I had friends that didn't have that situation, and they dreaded going home. Now, <clears throat> what do you think the young people of our church will dread if all they see were the adults fussing and fighting in church? What do you think they're going to do as they grow up? They're going to want to get away from us. They're going to want to leave. Forbearance is vital to peace. Now, why? Because listen, here's just the cold hard truth of it. We're all different, right? We have different personalities. We have different interests. Um, there are things, you know, you think about, um, you think about maybe, let's talk about social media. Maybe one person is willing to post something on social media that's not wrong. But another person looks at him and be like, why in the world did they put that on there? Like, the community is not receiving that the way I think they think they're receiving it. And we say, I can't believe they put that on there. Or I can't believe they would extend liberty to their children to this extent. Or I can't believe that this, or I can't believe that that. Look, we're different. If you hang around me long enough, I will get on your nerves. I told, I told my family when I said, I get on my own nerves sometimes. If I hang around you long enough, you might get on my nerves. That's the truth. We try each other. Yeah. We're different. Now look, the alternative is loneliness. But God has called us to be social and interact. But one of the greatest forms of stress in our life can be relationships. And because we are different, there are people that I can sit down with and I could talk to hours on end and it just flow as smooth as could be and there are other people. Look, there are good, godly children of God that I need about five minutes a year with. And that's about all I can take. And there are people that are probably saying that about me. That's just the truth. We're different. Different personalities, different interests. What, 
what really bothers one person might not bother another person. And we've got to take all of those different people and smash them together and get along. If for no other reason, for the sake of the future of the church. Because if we want to bicker and fuss about everything, the kids will leave. They won't be here. Now, it may be, you know, we have conferences from time to time. We have issues that come up in the church and that issue might not go the way you wanted it to go. And that might upset you. What are you going to put on? Forbearance? For the sake of peace? Or are we going to be expressively intolerant? Now, I hope a hundred years from now, that if the Lord tarries and, you know, things just kind of life continues on, I hope that my grandchildren's children are coming here. Amen. Well, we've got to lay that foundation. Right. We can't destroy it. Now, <clears throat> when I think about keeping peace, uh, forbearance is a, is a weapon for keeping peace. Now, think about this. If there was an invading army that, let's say they were coming to invade my house, and, and I had me and my friends gathered around the, out the perimeter of our house, and we were all standing there with, with pool noodles. I'm not going to get much peace, right? I'm not going to be able to defend that. But if I've got guns, weapons, and look, that's biblical. Jesus tells his apostles, take two swords. Then I've got a powerful weapon to help defend against something. Forbearance is not a pool noodle. It is a powerful weapon, but it takes some humility. Amen. It takes a lot of humility to swallow what you are thinking, to bite your tongue, or to continue to express yourself with your body language in a way that promotes peace. Now, <clears throat> contentions in the church are real. They're a real thing. Now, let's look at some biblical examples. If contentions in the church were not real, listen to a few of these things here. Uh, let's see if I can find it. Paul writes to the church at Galatians. He says this, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, Take heed that you be not consumed one of another. Why would he write that? Why would he say that if you're, going to if you're going to bite and devour one another, why would he say that if that were not a real possibility? He writes, uh, the church at Philippi, he tells them to do all things without murmurings and disputings. Why would he tell them that if it weren't possible for us to murmur against one another to dispute against one another and to have great contention with one another. Now, let's look at a quick biblical example here. In Acts, the 13th chapter, just to paint the picture of you that contentions in the church are real and without forbearance, we will destroy ourselves. Acts, the 13th chapter. <clears throat> now, there are two men named Paul, which you're very familiar with, and Barnabas, which you probably have heard much about too. And Paul and Barnabas are going on journeys to different places. And as they go around, they'll, they'll preach in this city and then they'll leave that city and go to the next city and on and on and on and on and on. And it gets to a point where they've kind of made their rounds and they say, hey, 
Let's go back through and visit them all again and see how they're doing. Well, when they initially go around through there, they take with them Barnabas's nephew, whose name is John Mark. Now, sometimes he's referred to John. Sometimes he's referred to as Mark. Sometimes he's referred to as John Mark. But it's Barnabas's, Barnabas's nephew. And it says, and when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And they had also John, which is John Mark, to their minister. So he's along with them. But now, as they continue to travel, if you remember, this is the, <clears throat> this is the account where uh, Paul and Barnabas uh, are trying to minister to the deputy who has uh, the friend who's the sorcerer, and they rebuke the sorcerer, and the deputy believes, and he, you know, the sorcerer is stricken with blindness. There's some opposition that comes along with this, and it says when they leave that place, it says when Paul and his company loosed from Paphos, they came to Perga and Pamphylia, and John... Depart, John Mark, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. Now, the Bible does not tell us why John Mark left them in their journeys and went back to Jerusalem. Uh, maybe he wanted to see his family. Maybe uh, he was afraid of the opposition that they had been seeing. Maybe he didn't. Feel, I don't know. What, the Bible doesn't tell us. But what the Bible does tell us is for whatever reason, John Mark decided to go back. Paul resented it. And he did not like it, and it burned him. Now, so much so <clears throat> that when they decide, Paul and Barnabas, when they decide to come back and start making their rounds again, this is what happens. <clears throat> and some days, this is Acts 15, 36. And some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take him with them who departed from them from Pamphylia. See, that's what I just read to you. Why, whatever the reason was that John Mark said, I'm not going any further, I'm going back to Jerusalem, it burned Paul up. And when Barnabas suggests, well, hey, if we're going to go back through everything, let's get my nephew, John Mark, who was with us for a while, and let's let him go with us. And Paul said that he didn't want him to go. And Barnabas wants him to go. Now, do you see some contention arising right here? Here are godly spiritual men, and one of them has done something that the other one doesn't like, and vice versa. And it says the contention was so sharp and that word sharp there means fierce emotional altercation. That's pretty telling. So you could read it this way. And the contention was such a measure of fierce emotional altercation between them that they departed asunder one from the other and Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus and Paul chose Silas and departed. <clears throat> they split. They split up and said, all right, we are, we are in such turmoil and contention here that we just got to go our separate ways. Where's the forbearance? Where's the toleration? Where's the putting up with? Where is the holding everything back? Now, whichever one here, maybe there is a right and wrong. Maybe there's not a right or wrong. But it seems to me in this situation, 
either whether we take John Mark with us or whether we don't take John Mark with us is not necessarily a right or wrong. It's a matter of how we need to navigate this. And they could not forbear with one another, and so they split. Now, what's very interesting to me is that later Paul writes and speaks very highly of Barnabas and also calls John Mark and requests him to come with him in his missionary journeys. It didn't end right here. There was reconciliation, obviously. But they could have avoided all that with some forbearance. Now, the Bible says this. The Bible tells us that blessed are the peacemakers. I would add to that. Blessed are the peacekeepers. Blessed are those that make peace. Blessed Blessed are those that keep peace. Sometimes... If we want to protect peace in our homes, peace in our work, most importantly, peace in our church for the sake of the future church. Sometimes you just got to say, I really don't like what Luke's doing. I don't like what his wife brings for lunch. I don't like what he puts on Facebook. I don't like the way he dresses. I don't like some of the examples that he uses. Now, listen, you may laugh. Never underestimate how petty people can be. Don't ever underestimate that. You may not like a whole long list of things that I do. But if it's in the liberty that God has given me, sometimes you just have to deal with it and hold it back for the sake of peace. Right? Because I won't look. Churches are crumbling everywhere. Even the ones that sometimes exist, they're they're no church. True churches where the gospel is preached, they are dying left and right. We cannot afford to not forbear. I beg you for forbearance with me. You may not like the way I do things sometimes. You may not like the way Brother Tim does things sometimes. But for for love's sake, for the sake of the children, for the sake of Bethlehem Primitive Baptist Church, for the sake of your families... For the sake of your homes, forbear. That needs to be a word that every single person uses in their home. A situation comes up and says, can you believe so-and-so did this? You just got to say, listen, now is the time to forbear. Let me read this to you one more time here before I close. It's the verse that I started with here. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Listen, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. Forbearing is holding everything back. Forgiveness is holding nothing against. If any man have a quarrel against thee, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you, do ye. I love this church. I love the people in this church. And believe it or not, from one Sunday to the next, something could happen that, that sends just shockwaves all through the church. Have you ever, some of you deer hunters know what I'm talking about. You ever had a, a, a big group of does come out? Maybe there's seven or eight does in there. And every single one of them's just got their head down and they're eating and they're oblivious to anything in the world. And one of them, one of them catches wind of something they don't like. 
And that, that deer will stand up and start looking and get real still. And ears are forward. And in seconds, even though the other ones had no clue, within seconds, their body language sent a message through the entire herd. And now they're all unsettled and alert looking around. That's the way people are. It can happen that quick. Amen. Forbearance, when you go to your arsenal to fight for peace, forbearance has got to be a weapon that's in there. Amen. I have not exercised it like I should have in my life. Amen. And I think because of that, I've probably lost relationships that could have been saved like John Marks and Barnabas and Paul's were. Just because I didn't exercise it like I should have. I left that weapon in there. Never took it out of the, uh, of the box. Something came to destroy peace. And I didn't have anything to fight it with. I hope that that's been profitable to you. I hope you love this church like I do. I hope that you'll forbear with me. You'll forbear with each other. You'll forbear with Brother Tim. So many, many years from now, our, our ancestors, I mean our, our, our prodigy that's to come, will sit here and enjoy the same blessings that we have. Amen. Thank you for your time.